If you have your Bibles this morning, one open to John 19. We're going to look there today. You know, I always wondered what Jesus would do with Mother's Day. I mean, there was no such thing in his time, as you know. So I wondered about Jesus. What would he have done with Mother's Day? Of course, we don't know. But we do know that there was a command. Right? One of the Ten Commandments. And it was, honor your father and mother. And it's a tradition that we're told he did observe. You know, it's interesting. If you look at the, the seven sayings of Jesus as he was dying on the cross, the first, of his three statement, the first three of his statements concerned others. First, he was speaking to the mob. And he said, Father, forgive them. Then he spoke to the malefactor. And he said, today you will be with me in paradise. And then he spoke to his mother. And he said, woman, behold your son. No mother ever had a son like Mary did. No mother ever had a son that loved her like Jesus. Because Jesus, bearing the weight of the world of sin on his shoulders, I mean, here he is entering into this spiritual no man's land, and yet, even in this hour of agony, he took that opportunity to care for his mother. H. Jackson Brown wrote a book titled Live and Learn and Pass It On. And this is an excerpt from the book. On his 51st birthday, he took a sheet of paper and he wrote, I've learned that 20 times on the left side of the page. And he spent the rest of the day completing those sentences. And that experience so stimulated him, he came up with the idea of collecting, I've learned that statement from others. His book is a collection of them. There are some of the statements that, that he got from his kids. One seven-year-old boy wrote, I've learned you cannot hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. Another said, I've learned if you spread peas on your plate, it looks like you ate more. <laughs> Another one said, I've learned the tooth fairy doesn't always come. Sometimes he's broke. Another child said, I've learned that if you want to get even with someone at camp, rub their underwear in poison ivy. Finally, a child said, I've learned that my best friend is my teddy bear. He never tells my secrets. You know, I'm sure that we have learned a lot of things. And I guarantee there were a lot of things Jesus learned as a child. But one thing he obviously learned was to honor, to obey, to love and cherish his family. There, there's a great lesson that we can learn from this saying from Jesus on the cross. And that is, we need to take every opportunity to love those who are dearest to us. To make sure that we love them before we leave them or before they leave us. G.K. Chesterton said, we spend the first half of our lives fighting with our parents and the second half of our lives fighting with our children. But you know, I believe we need to spend all of our lives loving one another. And Jesus gives us this great example how right to the very end we need to love our families. And we see it in the devotion to His family. Look with me. John 19, verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood His mother, His mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw His mother there and the disciple whom He loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. 
The first face that Jesus saw in the manger was the face of His mother. And the first face He saw at the cross was the face of His mother. You know, just like an athlete who had just won a world championship can remember even in the thrill of victory and the roars of success, he remembers to say, Hi, Mom. Jesus looked into this crowd filled with jeers and yet he picked out his own mother. We see Mary twice in this gospel. In the beginning, in chapter 2, she's enjoying the happiness of a wedding. And now in the end, in chapter 19, she's enduring the grief of a funeral. But focus in on this mother the same way that Jesus did. And and notice Mary's sweetness. The model woman in Scripture was a woman with a spirit of meekness. Simply wanted to be used by God. And Mary was willing to be in the background. She was understanding that her own dear son deserved the glory and honor and worship that God Himself deserved. Also notice her sorrow. Right after Jesus was born, there was a man named Simeon came up to Mary and he said something very strange. He said, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul. From Luke 2. You know, without a doubt, a sweet little Mary, the mother of Jesus, stood near the cross looking at her son. She could feel that sword piercing her soul. She was sad because Jesus died. Because of the way He died. He died the shameful death for common criminals and the dredges of the earth. She was sad because of where He died. An open public to the jeers of a sinful world. And she was sad because of why He died. Because of something He didn't do. I mean, moms, can you imagine what it would be like to see your son Blood dripping down his face, spit dropping from his beard, tears drying on his cheek, life draining from his body. Simeon was more of a prophet than he ever realized because surely that mother felt the sword pierce her own soul. One anonymous poet of the Middle Ages said it this way, Near the cross, her vigil keeping, stood the mother worn with weeping where he hung the dying Lord. Through her soul in anguish groaning, bowed in sorrow, sighing, moaning, past the sharp and piercing sword. Oh, the weight of her affliction, hers who won God's benediction, hers who bore God's Holy One. Oh, that speechless, ceaseless yearning. Oh, those dim eyes never turning from her wondrous, suffering Son. And then see Mary's Savior. It may surprise you to see Jesus address Mary, not mother, but the word woman. But don't let that throw you. Back in those days, that was a term of respect and of honor. As a matter of fact, not once in the Gospels is Jesus ever recorded calling Mary mother. And here he makes sure not to call her mother. Why? Well, I think maybe he was breaking his earthly relationship to Mary. And what he was saying was, I'm no longer your son. I'm now your Savior. You're no longer my earthly mother. You're my heavenly sister. And if Mary is going to heaven, Jesus has to be her Savior, not her son. 
As Mary's going to be not only a part of his earthly family, but the heavenly family of God, she has to see Jesus in a different light. In other words, the faith relationship needs to be more important than the family relationship. But notice, even though Jesus was dying as her Savior, He didn't forget that while living, He was her Son. And having just provided a heavenly home for a wicked thief, now He provides an earthly home for His wonderful mother. And even in dying, He was letting His mother know, I love you, and I care for you, and I'm going to make sure your needs are met. You know, I'm sure till Mary's dying day, she sung to herself, when He was on the cross... I was on his mind. But not only do we see the devotion to his family, we see the duty of his friend. See, in verse 25, it says there were four women present at the cross. And in verse 26, it says there was just one man. It was the disciple whom Jesus loved. And we know that was the Apostle John, the author of this gospel. I mean, John and Jesus, they had a special relationship. Right, Jesus and Peter, they had an intense relationship. Jesus and the other disciples, they had an intact relationship. But Jesus and John, they had an intimate relationship. I mean, the fact that John is even at the cross, that he adopts Mary as his own mother, tells us some things about him. When we see John's affection, right, all the other disciples had forsaken Jesus, including John. Every one of them turned tail and ran when he was confronted with that mob in the garden. But one disciple came back. John, the beloved. As far as I can tell, there's only one thing that brought him back to the cross. Knowing that he would risk his own life doing that. And that was love. Kay Allen, in his book, The Journey from Fear to Love, said there are three major emotions that motivate us to do what we do. Fear, duty, and love. And they rank from lowest to greatest. The lowest motivation is fear. Fear says, I have to do this. The second level of motivation is duty. Duty says, I ought to do this. But Alan said the highest motivating factor is love. Because love says, I want to do this. Without question, John came back because of his love for Jesus. But also because he knew of Jesus' love for him. And so we see John's assignment. Verse 27, he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. Basically, Jesus said, John, I'm going to the throne. She needs to go to your home. But he didn't really ask John, did he? He really commanded him. You are to take my mother and make her your mother. Here at the peak of his agony, of his torment, of his pain, Jesus is taking care of his mother. And you know, that tells me something. Even when we're doing God's work, you can and always should make sure, above all things, your family is taken care of. And I thank God that Jesus was not so heavenly minded that he was of no earthly good. But that raises the question, why? Why was this particular statement recorded by John? I mean, why did the Holy Spirit want to make sure that this conversation was inscribed in Scripture? What is the statement of Jesus to his mother and to his disciple 
What does it say for us today and to us today? Well, I think it shows us the demand to be faithful. Verse 27 said, And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Not only did a mother adopt a son, a son adopted a mother. And Jesus arranged it all. Jesus made two statements, one to his family, one to his friend. And the statements that teach us great lessons. It teaches us a lesson on family relationships. Because again, Jesus was fulfilling the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother. See, we are never too old to honor our parents. And our parents are never too old to be honored. In fact, there's an even greater lesson. Because if Jesus can honor his mother while he is dying, surely we should honor our parents while we are living. But sadly, there are some today that don't feel that way. I read about a mother who was becoming quite old and it was necessary for her to move in with her son's family. But things really didn't work out too well because the older woman didn't always put items away and she had a tendency to drop things. And One night at dinner, she was passing her plate and the old woman dropped it and she broke it. And her daughter-in-law just got outraged because this plate was from her set of fine china. So after dinner, the, the young wife took her little boy for a walk and they went to the store down the street and they bought a tin plate. And when he asked her, he said, Mom, why, why are you buying this? She said, well, it's going to be used by your grandmother because this way she won't break any more of my fine china. Well, when the little boy and mom got back from the market, his mother found that he had bought two tin plates. And she said, honey, why did we buy two? And he said, well, mom, the other plate is for you when you get old. See, we need to care for our mothers. Well, we need to care for our parents, no matter our age. We also learn a lesson about future responsibilities. I mean, notice, John took Mary into his own home. Jesus was asking John to take his place. What he's saying is, you know, I'm taking your place on the cross, so after I'm gone, you take my place on earth. In the next chapter, in verse 21, Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And just as the Father sent Jesus to do his work, now Jesus is sending us to do his work. See, the Bible is bound together with these goodbye trails that are stained with farewell tears. But in the midst of this goodbye, John is instructed, take the place of Jesus. And just as John was to take his place then, we are to take his place now. We are to be ambassadors for Christ. You know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is someone who resides in a country literally in the place of his leader. And when you share the gospel, you're not only bearing a witness to Jesus and bearing a witness with Jesus, you're bearing witness for Jesus. Jesus. You do it in His stead. One poet summed it this way. Christ has no hands but our hands to do His work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in His way. He has no tongue but our tongue to tell them how He died. He has no help but our help to bring men to His side. See, Jesus died 
loving us. We are called to live to love others. So as we close this morning, can I, can I ask you, are, are you living your life for Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to Him? Or maybe that's something you need to do today. If it is, I want to invite you today. If you need to surrender your life to Christ, do it. Do it now. Don't wait. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for mothers. I thank you for my mother and the many mothers that have been in my life. For those that have loved me and cared about me and cared for me. God, we learned so much from Jesus and how to care for our family and how to love our family. So Lord, help us to take time. Not just today, but every day. Let our families know. Let our mothers know how much we love them. But not just through words, but through actions. Help us to show that love to them. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.